Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Bills match up with Cincinnati and the rest of the action around the NFL playoffs. Joining us on the West Her Hotline is Sam Monson of PFF at PFF underscore Sam. So Sam, this Bills-Dolphins game was not quite the cakewalk that the betting line implied it would be. How surprised were you by that? Yeah, pretty surprised. Um, I, I think I, along with everybody else, thought it would be pretty comfortable as well. And I think it probably should have been. Um, I, I don't think Miami did anything crazy on offense to make it as close as it was. There were reports coming out before the game that you know they understood the kind of hole that they were in and the the handicap they were working with with Skylar Thompson, a quarterback, as opposed to Tua. And they were essentially prepared to do some wild stuff on offense to try and redress that balance. And they didn't like, they didn't need to um, because Buffalo was sort of handing them opportunities consistently to get back into it and to stay in it. Um, and that I think was the, the big thing, like the bills, when they protected the football and when they kind of got themselves together seemed the much better team and were comfortably pulling away and then mistakes and sort of hyper aggression and this weird game plan that Buffalo was employing, um, which maybe Miami kind of baited them into with the their own aggressiveness on the blitz on defense early in the game. But that was really the thing that kept this the, the, the Dolphins in it and kept the game close. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers are one thing, but a 50-yard interception return, a 50-yard punt return, even a kickoff out of bounds if you want it, that, that gives them the 40 instead of the 25 if you assume a, a touchback, which Bass is certainly capable of. Um, all those yards don't show up in the team, you know, on, 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 you know, they're there, but they're not on the, the team yardage. And, you know, on a day where you're challenged offensively, the, that, really, that really made a difference for Miami. Yeah, it did. Um, But to me, the big thing was why the Bills sort of went with this crazy, aggressive game plan. Certainly early in the game, it made some sense. Miami was sending these cover zero blitzes. They were hanging their corners out to dry one-on-one against guys like Diggs. It makes sense to take deep shots over the top. But then Miami dialed it back a bit, um, and Buffalo never sort of readjusted. And Like Josh Allen's average depth of target in the game was like 17 or something crazy like that, which is the highest in any game in the NFL this season by a pretty big margin. Um, in the fourth quarter, when they had a lead, it was even higher. Like they never sort of dialed it back and, and reset and just said, okay, let's, let's take a breath here. We don't need to do everything on every offensive play. We can actually take this bit by bit and be a little bit more in control of what we're doing. I saw a stat just a little while ago about how the Bills' pressure rate has really fallen off since Von Miller. And every time I think of that or see a stat like that, Sam, I think of you. Because when Miller went down in Detroit on Thanksgiving, we talked to you following that, and you said, this is what I'd be worried about. Like, can they still get – I mean, it's a 
solid, very solid point. Can they get the same level of pressure that they were getting, they were enjoying when Miller was on the field? It looks like they're not. No, not not even close. Um, and, and they've been really heading in the wrong direction on that that sort of statistic, that chart over since Von Miller got injured. I mean, they were arguably the best front four in the NFL while he was there. They were leading the league in pressure rate without blitzing at all. They were the lowest in the league in, in blitz rate. And when you sort of plot where they are in that quadrant um, over the course of the season, they've ticked up in terms of blitzing. They've they've had to blitz a little bit more to try and get pressure but they've been steadily heading in the wrong direction in pressure rate. They just haven't been able to get that kind of heat. So the Bengals coming to town with that offensive line that's lost one starter in each of the last three games, they're looking at Buffalo and saying, well, at least Von Miller isn't there, and we're not dealing with like the most potent pass rush in the NFL anymore. Yeah, boy, watching the games on Sunday, Sam, the, the Bengals-Ravens Sunday night, and, of course, Bills-Dolphins on Sunday, knowing how compromised Miami was up front going into the game, I was looking for the Bills to maybe look unblockable, and they definitely did not look unblockable. And so, like, I'm that, that's definitely a focus of my attention going into this game is can they, can they get after Burrow with their line compromised after not really being able to do that much against Miami? I mean, they got they – got some sacks and he made some mistakes but it it didn't look as as harried up there as i thought it might no they didn't get nearly as much pressure as you would have expected them to against against miami and they had to blitz to do some of that i mean they blitzed yep. them i think something like 25 percent of the time which is high for this buffalo team so yeah like cincinnati's offensive line is falling to pieces over the last few weeks with all their injuries it's kind of back to being what it was last season when it was a pretty catastrophic unit and definitely the biggest thing potentially holding them back going forward they tried to overhaul it in the offseason they did a pretty good job but all of a sudden they're all hurt again so now we're dealing with a lot of the same backups from last year's starting group that wasn't good enough Um, but the one thing that they have is that that buffalo's pass rush has fallen away so dramatically sam i saw a stat from mike clay today mike was with pff uh in the day now is with espn and he wrote that the two pass-heaviest offenses in the league since Week 9 by far are Kansas City and Cincinnati, and they're a combined 18-1 and in their games, the only loss being Kansas City's loss to Cincinnati. So it's almost like they're, on, they're both perfect since then. How dramatic, if you know, is that gap, and what does it say? Like, for years I've been on this train with a lot of people – a lot of the PFF vibe is throw the ball, you know, mocking the establish the run crowd, kind of. Um, but, you know, you probably want to have a good quarterback to do that. Where, where do you come down on the the stickiness of pass-heavy kind of stats? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're seeing is that if you have a high-end quarterback, there is no reason you can't be as pass-happy as you want to be. Um, NFL offenses, particularly if you've got a – good play caller if you've got a good offensive mind the the system is good you can run a college kind of style of offense of the the short passing game is the run game we'll mix in the run when we get favorable enough looks but this is a passing offense first and foremost and at that point it sort of dictates where you're going to go with the ball I don't think you this concept of you know the the late great Mike Leach had this fantastic couple of minute segment that you can probably find online where he talks about balance and when most people ask about balance or talk about balance they mean run pass you know 50 50 you run the ball as much as you pass the ball 
And he was saying, no, balance is all about do you threaten every area of a defense? Do you threaten all areas of the field? And that can be 100% pass as long as you're scaring a defense in every way possible. And that's what the kind of balance that you're striving for, not are you simply running the ball as much or, or almost as much as you're passing it. So I think these offenses, Andy Reid, um, this offense that Joe Burrow has cooking right now, they're showing that you can pass pretty constantly and you don't need to run the ball. With Sam Monson of PFF. So bottom line on Bill's Bengals, Sam, the Bills are about a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. Is it a closer matchup for you than maybe that number? I think it really depends how, how bad that offensive line is going to be for Cincinnati. It's a really rough-looking group right now, um, major injuries to, to some of their best players. If that's a real problem, it's going to be very difficult for them to kind of overcome that consistently and have real joy against what is still a, a good Buffalo defense. If it holds up just enough, though, you know, if it survives the kind of way that Miami's offensive line survived last week, then – you know, the Bengals can absolutely still put up some points and cause problems, and then I think it probably is a closer game. How about the other side of that? The Bills, I mean, of course, Miami blitzed like crazy, and they got home seven sacks, you know, strip sack fumble, touchdown play there for them. Um, what, what are the Bengals like in that respect? Like how aggressive are they and how capable of winning with four are they? Um, they are, they, they're more of the sort of spectrum of let's let the front four do their job. They don't blitz too much. Um, they're not, you know, down where Buffalo was, but they, they're a team that relies on their front four to get pressure more than they rely on the blitz. And they've got players that can cause problems. Um, you know, Trey Hendrickson off the edge is a really high end pass rusher. Sam Hubbard is capable on the other side. DJ reader has been an absolute destructive force on the interior when he's been healthy this season. So they can definitely cause some problems, and they've been a very good kind of creative defense on the back end, um, confusing teams and, and causing issues once the quarterback is able to put the ball in the air. Sam, so uh, eight teams left, Jacksonville and Kansas City, the first game of the weekend. Uh, of course, the winners of our game and that game will play, maybe even in Atlanta if, it's the, if the, the home team's winning this week. Do you give Jacksonville much of a chance? Um, yeah, I think they have a chance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, as much as the first half was ugly and not nearly as ugly as the stat sheet made it look when you look at how some of those interceptions came about, the second half he had, I think, only added to what he's been doing this season. Like, he not only just executed the comeback, but it wasn't just a paint-by-numbers kind of comeback. Like, he made several adjustments at the line of scrimmage. Every time he made an adjustment, he seemed to find something that worked, whether it was the the deep bomb against the busted coverage, whether it was a short yardage play. So I think Lawrence showed that not only can he come back and he can he sort of execute that kind of situation, but he was steering the ship. Like he was driving this. It wasn't simply uh, him running whatever was sent in from the sideline and him being able to uh, take advantage of what Peterson was dive, dry, or dialing up. He was doing the dialing himself. Um, so, if you get that kind of performance from Trevor Lawrence, I think they're absolutely capable of hanging with the Chiefs. The only question is, you know, what can their defense do against what is the best offense in the NFL? Right, and how do you like that matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas City's offense is going to be just fine. I think they're going to have some major success against Jacksonville's defense, which is not 
a great unit. So I think if they're going to have a chance in this game, they're going to need to hang with the Chiefs in a shootout. On the NFC side, we've got Giants-Eagles Saturday night and then Dallas-San Francisco. Philadelphia, it seemed like they were getting a little bit less hype. People might have been starting to talk a little bit more uh, in a concerned kind of tone about Philadelphia down the stretch, but no Jalen Hurts for some of that game. Turns out a kind of close game with Hurts back to win the season against largely the Giant backups in Davis-Webb. Giants and Eagles for you, Sam. Yeah, I think Philadelphia is still clearly the better team. Um, I think Jalen Hurts not being 100% was a, a big issue. Uh, if they get Lane Johnson back, that would be huge for them because um, the offensive line definitely doesn't look the same when he isn't out there. But I would expect a healthy, fully healthy Jalen Hurts to look much better within this offense. But the Giants are an unusual team. They do cause teams problems because they're by far the most blitz-happy defense in the NFL. Um and they, they kind of went the opposite direction from Minnesota last week. They showed the Vikings a pretty heavy blitz game the first time they played them. They dialed it way back the second time they played them, and Minnesota didn't really seem to know what to do with that. They were confused by the extra attention uh, on Justin Jefferson this time around. So I think the, the Giants can definitely cause issues, and like their coaching and the, the scheme on both sides of the ball is why they're where they are. Their personnel, their just talent level should not get them where they are, but I think Philadelphia's sort of superiority almost across the board will eventually win out. And how about Dallas-San Francisco, Sam? The Cowboys have a bit of a disadvantage here, maybe more than a bit, with two less, two fewer days to prepare for this game than the Niners have, and then the travel as well. I mean, it's not like, I mean, we could make the Bills-Bengals point here if you want. It's not like it's everything is predicated on fairness necessarily, with respect to the schedule and everything, but I, I like for Dallas that they're only a three-and-a-half-point underdog as the week gets going here with those advantages and how good the Niners look. Yeah, I mean, competitive balance is not necessarily that high up on the NFL's list of priorities. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not fair to Dallas to have to travel to San Francisco with two last days of rest, um, but they showed that they, they were able to pull themselves out of this kind of tailspin, the funk that they'd been in, the last few weeks of the season. If you get that version of Dallas against San Francisco, that'll be a really interesting game. Um, if they don't, if they kind of go back in the shell and the, their offense can't function the same way against a, a really good defense in San Francisco, then I think it might be another game where the 49ers kind of roll away with it. Do you have a thought on Brock Purdy and just like how good is he? Uh, maybe next year or two, that might depend on whether San Francisco can keep winning, just what his value is to them and in the NFL right now. Yeah, he's playing well. Um, he's not playing nearly as well as the numbers sort of bear mm-hmm. out. I mean, that, that I think is obvious if you watch them play. Even the first half of that game, you know, everybody was sort of talking about how badly Brock Purdy was playing, but his numbers were good. Yep. Like his passer rating, those kind of things, they still looked great because of everything that's being dialed up. So, But you also saw in that game, he is bringing value to the table above and beyond sort of what a normal quarterback brings in this Kyle Shanahan offense. Like, his best play in that game ended up being dropped by his receiver but in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. But all of them are the same kind of play, where he's able to get out of, of pressure, evade a guy, extend the play a little bit, and then find what looks like an easy pass because of that extra time he's bought and the fact that the offense is working so well. So he is adding value 
even on top of what a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo was bringing to that system. And you can kind of see it in the numbers that his play under pressure has been significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo's. Um, I think some of that is noise. It's volatile. It's the kind of thing that comes and goes. But he does bring more athleticism to the table um, and more potential escapability than Garoppolo. So I think there's no reason they can't keep kind of cooking the way they are. There's no team in the NFL with a better group of skill position players and a better group of kind of mismatches on offense. And he's already shown, I think, that he's absolutely capable of uh, running that system and just keeping it ticking over. Sam, some of us have made the mistake, I don't know, going back five years or maybe longer, of thinking Tom Brady was done. Uh, what, what do you what do you think now? After after last night, um, you, you think he goes to another team? I, it's hard to see him back in Tampa. I think after what we know happened last off season. Uh, but do, do you do you think he is going to stop uh, keep playing? Excuse me. And do you think he should keep playing? Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, he hasn't looked this bad since 2014. Um, and on the other hand, uh, like you know, we, I, I don't think there's any reason he can't keep playing at, at a very high level. But I think what we're seeing is he's reached that point in his career where he needs more help than he used to. Um, and maybe the days where, like a couple of years ago, when he stepped onto the Bucks and immediately made them a dramatically better team. You know, they went from being a borderline playoff team with Jameis Winston at the quarterback to being a Super Bowl team with Tom Brady as quarterback. I don't think he's capable of doing that to a team anymore. But if the team is already at that kind of level, I think he's still capable of stepping into a side and going to the Super Bowl. Like, the most obvious team to me is the Jets. Like, the Jets had a playoff caliber team this season, but they had no quarterback, whether it was Zach Wilson, whether it was Joe Flacco, whether it was Mike White. I don't think they can trust any of those guys going into next year. I think Brady steps onto that roster and immediately makes them a contender. Oh, see, I'm so sick of this guy. But on the other hand, I don't. I don't mean you, Sam. I mean Tom Brady. Uh, I, <laughs> I. On the other hand, I don't want to listen to him broadcast games, which I guess is all waiting for us whenever he decides to retire. That also, I think, like going to the Jets. Okay, <laughs> you know, if if I have to continue living in a world where he's playing football uh, on the Jets would be interesting. So. Maybe I want that. The Jets are going to do something, right? Like Derek Carr or Brady or some veteran. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think that they could possibly run into the season with Mike White as the, the kind of unquestioned starter there and, and Zach Wilson as a backup option. Maybe he could resuscitate his career kind of thing. I think they have to go and find somebody that they know can win with the roster that they have, which is good. Well, you've got four games here, and there's at least one team, I say at least because I'm thinking of Bills-Bengals, that sort of holds up, that has, looks the part as a Super Bowl winner here uh, in each game. And on uh, for our part, we'll probably be rooting against the other guys, right? Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas is good. But uh, it really is tough, I think, maybe you would say different, tough right now to have a strong take on who's going to win it. Yeah, I mean, I think now we're getting the first week where the teams that look really, really good are entering the fray. Um, and, you know, a couple of the teams from last week, I think, added themselves to that conversation. So, yeah, I, I think you got four games that could be pretty good. I think four teams that certainly have looked like the class of the NFL for most of the season, and now we get down to it. All right, Sam, any questions for us today? No, I got nothing. Talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.